Hello, and welcome to the Parents Plus Podcast, where we help parents become better parents one episode at a time. This is Mandy, along with my co-host, Roland, and our goal today is to be real as we chat about the real issues parents face nowadays. Our hope is that our combined life experiences of 40 plus years of parenting and 40 plus years of ministry will show that you're not alone, that there's hope, and that you can become a better parent one episode at a time. So today's podcast topic is parents plus resilience equals prepared kids. So Mandy, how would you define resilience? So resilience is the ability to bounce back from adversity or challenges. And so Roland, to kind of prime our topic, I'd like for each one of us to think about these three questions. So think about how you would respond to them when it comes to your relation to resilience. So number one, during stressful challenges, how do you respond emotionally, mentally, and physically? All right, question number two, how do you bounce back from adversity? And finally, number three, are you modeling and teaching your child to become resilient? So really, depending upon your answers to these questions, how you respond in stressful times, how you bounce back, and how you are modeling and teaching your kids is probably been shaped by your environment and your upbringing, how you grew up. So, Roland, when we reflect back on these questions, let's talk now about how we would define resilience as regards to parenting. All right, so resilience is parenting, uh, when it comes to parenting, is guiding our children to adapt, persevere, and to know how to respond in difficult times. It's preparing and equipping them with the tools to navigate life experiences. So... So the question, I guess, for, for all of us that really think about it also is, how are you helping your kids uh, become resilient? And so when, as we kind of elaborate on this a little bit more, let's say, for example, you're a parent that has toddlers. Being a parent and at one point of our kids being toddlers, you kind of, the little simple idea is they're playing with something. It's not going the way that they thought it was going to go. And so they flip out, cry, get upset you know, toss it, and usually one of two things happens. So you either have some parents that are like, I'm going to swoop in, this is how you do it, I'm going to show them how to do it, and they automatically just take over and take charge, and the kid learns absolutely nothing from it. The second idea is, okay, let's kind of talk through it. And when they're toddlers, they're barely learning their words, or in some cases, they're not really using their words. So it's like, hey, let's kind of slow down, what are you trying to do? Uh, you know, like I remember our kids when they were little. My first one, oldest one was like really verbal. And so she was like, I'm trying to do this and this and this. Okay, what have you already tried to do? And then she'd do it again, or even our middle child, he would go through it again. And then it's like, okay, what is the definition of insanity? And yes, I actually said this to a toddler once. And it's like, okay, doing the same thing over and over and over. Okay, you've already done it three times. Is this the best way to go about it? And then they would be like, ah, and then I'm like, okay, let's take a deep breath. All right, let's kind of step into it. And I see it. So when we're looking at stages and ages, so if you've got a toddler, it's really kind of like, hey, let's understand the simple things. You don't want them struggling with it for an hour. 
but it's you're not bailing them out at the beginning. So there's got to be a little bit of lead, lag time where maybe if they're wrestling with it for a minute or two, or maybe it's like, hey, let's try to figure this out. Now, if they're just straight up not getting their way with something, that's a little bit different, right? Right. And as far as with toddlers, a lot of times, you know, there's a delay in the speech. And mm -hmm. so they can't really verbalize. But right. by you modeling what to say, how to say it. I think we were talking about one of the earliest things that young kids will do will be to stack blocks or to take take shapes mm -hmm. and put them into the toy, you know, that has the triangle, that has the square. But for you to verbally be that person who is communicating the words, because they don't have the words yet, but that's a big part of it. But to allow them, with your guidance, you know, to be successful in that. And kids learn through play. So if they, they're going to try a task over and over again, but it's when they become frustrated that you can step in and guide, but you don't want to save or do it for them right. or problem solve. Problem solving is an important part of developing the resilience that we're talking about in the toddler phase. Right, so like then then if you move up to, okay, now you've got past toddler, they're now in elementary school. So one that's always interesting is watching people ha like engage with their kids at the park. And so if you see a kid climbing a rock wall and they can't get to where they wanna go, then some people are like, oh, well, you'll get it next time or whatever. And so you might wanna ask the question, what, where are you trying to get to? I'm trying to get to that handle over there. Okay, which route did you take? And then, so you even take a step back and you just ask the question like, hey, where did you go? Well, I did this. And you're helping them problem solve and think through it because this is a, a skill that they actually need as they move forward mm -hmm. in life because at some point you're, they're gonna be in school. You can't be there to bail them out to problem solve for every little thing. And the teacher's got, you know, if you're there in public school, like 20 to 27 kids in a classroom, they're not gonna be able to figure out every little thing. And so they're having to work through these things. But even when it comes to the resilience piece of it, it's the, hey, they're having to even be resilient with other peers and right. other kids in problem solving like, hey, how do I navigate through these conversations mm -hmm. and some of this other stuff? So even to back up before the elementary phase, uh, when I was, directing in the preschool, I remember a really big thing, and we were even talking about this the other day, where there are some parents, if, you know, their three-year-old has has done an art project, mm -hmm. and they're allowed to color whatever colors they want, or color outside of the lines, let's say, or pick a, a body part that goes in a different place yeah. on whatever they're, they're putting together. Um, there used to be some parents that would come in and it's like they were comparing their children's artwork because another one had things in their 30-year-old mind where things should be. But So remember, we as parents, if we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever stage we're in, to allow our children in those different phases to be creative, mm -hmm. to problem solve, like you said, that's developing the tools that they're going to need when they're getting into those, you know, relationships with their peers that you're talking about, so forth and so on. So don't come to your kid's rescue all the time. Yeah, so then as you're going from elementary school, so it's like, okay, so 
toddler, they're learning how to do basic fundamentals. Hey, how do I engage? How do I even use my words? How do I figure some of this basic stuff out? Elementary school is how do I navigate in these environments where mom and dad are not there in order to bail us out? And then as you get into middle school, now it's peer to peer. And so if you have a middle school student, I'm in the middle of that boat right now. It is the most brutal years. Mm, it it's is. Really sixth grade through about 10th grade seem to be the most where they're like, they're trying to figure out how to use their words. Some of them are on social media way too much. When I, in my personal opinion, the kids don't need to be on social media and when they're in elementary school age or uh, middle school age. And so they're now having to learn how do I navigate with dealing with peers when they're frustrating me, when some of them I thought were my friend or not really my friend and kind of stabbing me in the back or, or even how do I juggle my schedule? And that's one of the things we've gone over lately at our household is like, everybody has a calendar. You need to keep track of your time, your schedule. What do you need to do? I'll give you an example. So, so my middle school, my middle, uh, middle child, he's struggling with an instrument. He's working on it, practicing, whatever. And he just got to the point where he's like, I'm just, I don't want to do it today. Well, the thing is, is he gets a grade for how many days and how many minutes he does per week. And so I'm like, well, how many have you done? He's like, well, I'm up to an 85. And I'm like, okay, are you okay with an 85? Or would you like to get it up to an A? And he's like, not right now. And I'm like, okay, so are you needing to persevere or do you just need a moment? And so really he was just like, just give me some time to think about it. He went and did some other stuff. And then he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and knock this out. I'm like, great. So he goes up and knocks it out. And you're, and for a lot of us, we'll think, well, that's not really resilience. Well, it's him battling with his own head. The easy route was to be lazy and just to bail out. And I could have said, you need to go upstairs and you need to go and do your work. But instead, I was like, okay, is that the best thing? Are you okay with this grade? Because whether we want to admit it or not, if our kids choose to go to college or we encourage them to go to college, if they go away to school, and I get to have these conversations with college students and parents all the time, they sometimes don't go to class. They sometimes don't do these things. So if we can start just kind of like, hey, when you're kind of feeling this way, instead of bailing out, we could do this. So that's middle school. High school is basically, we talked about it before, and when it comes to resilience, you're coaching them for life. Yeah. Like learning how to drive, doing these things, frustration times. Oh my gosh, I've got four exams this week. Like our kids are like right now, because we're in December, like this week is a big week. I know for a lot of high school students and for a lot of high school parents where they're like, oh my gosh, my kid's staying up late. They're studying, they're having to go through this. And these kids like in their they're not deliberately told this, but they feel the pressure of, if I don't do well on some of these exams, this is going to affect my GPA. So they get all stressed out. And that's where it's like, okay, what are we doing? How do, the, how do us as parents, how do we navigate and teach them on, hey, this is how we handle stress. We don't just go into the cupboard and go, go get a bunch of snacks or go get a pint of ice cream from the fridge, like, or you know, stay up late or do something crazy, but it's how do we navigate through that? And I, and I think with that, it really goes to kind of our next thing of just like, what are some practical ways in order for us to do that? So Mandy, what do you, what do you kind of have when it comes to when they're stressed, life is happening? How do we navigate through that? So first of all, I mean, there's a, I'm going to go through some practical ways, but I also want to make sure that we as parents, you know, we want to be there always for our children. Mm -hmm. And even as they get older, 
but then there's a difference. We don't want to rescue all the time. Right. You're going to be there. You love them. So you've got to find that fine line of not just coming, you know, to their beck and call all the time. So one, some of the things I think practical ways that we can do these things as adults and to teach our children is number one, just to go through deep breathing. Um, I was talking with this young lady and she was yesterday and she was telling me how she handled stress. And she said, I just went over and I took a break. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that in one of our previous episodes, kind of finding that safe space. So just deep breathing, controlled breathing, just calming yourself down. Um, The next thing is to avoid worst case scenarios. You know, and that's when the drama king or queen comes in. Oh, you know, this and this and this is going to happen. The Mm -hmm. world is coming to an end. But, you know, when these things happen, don't go to the deepest, darkest place. The probability of that happening is very, very slim. And so we need to realize that. But even with the worst case scenarios, uh, well, here, I'll go to the breathing one. So the breathing one, I watched a really cool video yesterday and it was talking about special forces in the military. So it's basically breathe in for four seconds. So inhale, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. Then you hold for four seconds, you exhale for four, and you just kind of, it's called the box. And then you pause for four and then you start over again. And what that does is that gets, when they're in a combat situation in order to lower their heart rate, slow their breathing, and then there's that fight or flight that kicks in, and it's to get it to just kind of, you know, kind of shut off a little bit. So then when you go into the worst-case scenarios, one of the things is, as I was teaching in in student ministry yesterday, is I said, hey, what what do y'all want for Christmas? So many of them, so many kids raise their hand, and they're like, I want my anxiety to go down. And and it's like, okay, well, why are we dealing with this? And I'm like, I'm telling you, your number one thing is you're on your phone way too much. And you have access to your phone way too much. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of true. Because when we go to camps, we take away their phones. Mm -hmm. We make sure they don't have them for an entire week. If we need to get a hold of a parent or a parent needs to get a hold of us, all the adults have them. But it's more to get them unplugged. Yeah to focus on what's around you. Hey, look at the sand on the beach. Mm -hmm. Look at the ocean waves. Take it in. Like, just slow down. That's perfect. So when it comes to the worst-case scenarios, part of what I've learned with, especially with teenagers and with kids and even with young adults and adults has been we have control issues, and we don't want to call it a control issue. There's We say, I'm trying to be prepared for this worst-case scenario. Yeah. Kind of thing. So... So as we do that, so let's go ahead and um, I guess we'll get to the next one, which is get active. Get active. Just get out and move. Sometimes it's just changing your location, moving to a different location, getting out and walking, jogging, things like that. And then if you have someone who who you can trust, uh, talk with someone, a wise friend, a counselor, a mentor. Uh, Hook them up with their school counselors at school if your child needs that. And then journal, journal or draw. And I think you came across a really neat, was it art therapy? Oh, yeah. Uh, resource that we're going to leave on the resource page. Yep. So make sure you look at that. And uh, music therapy. And then, of course, when you can think outside of yourself, serve others. Mm-hmm. So what about practical ways to parent resilience? All right, All right parents. So for us, it's a model resilience. So if... 
you do not have to tell them every single thing that you struggle with every day, but it's always good to like, hey, I was dealing with this at work and this is one of the things we do at our household. It's like, hey, when we do our highs and lows at dinner, it's like, I was wrestling with this today and I was trying to figure it out. And then the kids usually kind of lean in a little bit and they're like, well, what did you do? And it's like, oh, well, well, I went for a walk. And so it's like, what do you mean? Like I was sitting at my computer or I was working on this thing and I was kind of struggling with it. So then I was like, let me go clear my mind, go for a walk. Cause that's what works. One of the things that works for me or breathing. And so let me go for a walk. And then as I went for the walk, then I came back and was like, well, maybe I'm looking at it in, let me look at it from a different angle. And let me tackle it from this way. And then they'll like, oh, okay. And so it's just opening the door for conversations and just doing that. And then as you do that, it opens the door for them to like, oh, this is how mom and dad handled it. Now, if we're honest, for some of us, we struggle with anger and frustration issues. So we're like, ah, and the, my favorite little video when it comes to this was a lady was recording her husband get mad during a football game and he kicked something and then the kid probably about three or four was like blah, literally verbatim and then kicked something else. <laughs> and then the dad's like, stop doing that. And it's like, wait a minute, but you just did it. And so the, you know, it's, it's all in fun because the wife recorded it, but I also think the wife recorded it in order to say, honey, this is what you're doing also. Exactly. So number two is when you see your child being resilient, encourage and name it. And it's yeah. do not in the data and research is there. Do not tell them you're smart. You're mm -hmm. so wonderfully brilliant. It's not that. It's that you specify, hey, I noticed you were struggling. I could see it in your face and body language, and I saw that you paused. What were you thinking in that moment? And then you came back and did it. Like, that's awesome. That's what you need to learn how to do. So that's what you're complimenting is the specifics of what's happening in that moment and what your child did. Uh, then also allow your child time to problem solve because in some cases, if we're all different, so there's some of us that as adults that are like, I want to figure this out now. And there's some people that are processors and your child might be a processor and you're not a processor. It's the same thing with you might be an extrovert and your child might be an introvert. So sometimes they need the time to process if your child's one of those. But if they're the opposite and you're a processor and they're a let's figure it out now, then sometimes we kind of have to teach one another, hey, how do we how do we interact and learn how to balance this yeah, out? Yeah, make sure you don't jump in too, too quickly. Right. I used to do that with my daughter and then found out she had an auditor auditorial processing delay. Mm -hmm. And so I would want to answer, you know, the questions for her. And that was so the wrong thing for, for me to do. I needed to give her that space, like you said, to process, to even think about, what I was asking her to do or what her response was going to be. And so allow them that space, especially yeah. if they're not just like you are. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, so when it comes to that allowing them that space, it's allowing your kids to communicate and listen as they express emotions. Mm -hmm. Because if we're expecting them to hear us, it's also teaching them that we're listening too and we need to genuinely genuinely listen and sometimes when it comes to that listening it's the feedback i heard you say this has been one that's been incredible in student ministry and even in our own household so i heard you say yada 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 and they are specifics it's not the in case there's a man listen other men listening it's not the when your wife is uh-huh yeah i'm listening and then you give the you said blah you weren't really listening this is i'm paying attention i'm making eye contact with you i'm here i put my phone down i'm turning things off i'm pausing the movie whatever it may be in order to do this, in order to hear where they're at. 
Um, number four or number five, excuse me, is uh, let them fail. It's okay if they fail. When they're kids, if they fail, it's okay. It's how then model on how to learn from the mistakes. So if you failed at something, like, hey, you were trying to fix something, it didn't go the way, it's like, okay, well, how do we learn from that? How do we bounce back from that? Yeah, even it's going to happen a lot as they get into the, you know, middle school and high school is them trying out for cheer teams. I mean, different teams, not mm -hmm. cheer necessarily, but all different teams or even clubs, you know, yeah. they're going to have that failure and just uh, encourage them through that. Yep. And then our last two is encourage them, uh, encourage them to s set age appropriate goals, which it's if they're in elementary school, and this is one of the things I kind of have um, with the school district that we're in, when they're in middle school, they're trying to get them to figure out what their career is going to be. If we're all honest as adults, some of us have had career changes like multiple times from 18 to 25. So, so find realistic goals. It's like for, for our son, when it comes to like he's in band, so it's like, okay, what song would you like to learn this year? I would like to learn this song, blah, 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 before the Christmas concert okay cool christmas concerts next week but then it goes back to the time have you been putting the time to play to learn it to develop in it but then the other thing too is like one of our kids wants to make a sports team she wants to make the golf team so it's like okay have you been putting in the time and effort to do that because if you're not putting that time and effort and you don't make it there's only one person that could be responsible for it and it's not me because i've given her every resource she's been to camps she's done different stuff so it's like Unless you're putting the time and the effort to actually work at your craft, then you're you're the one that's responsible for it. I like that. Yeah, and then that's where it leads into the last one, which is my favorite, is teach accountability. But here's the thing, is once your kids get to middle school and high school, when we start teaching accountability, do not get upset if your children hold you accountable <laughs> too. Because that's part of them learning, hey, you're holding me accountable, but then how am I accountable too? And this isn't the pointing fingers thing. This is asking questions, you know, because in some cases you might have a child that's a little more type A and they're like, well, you didn't. Okay, is that really the best way for us to start this conversation? Because it's going to just get confrontational because of the tone that you had. That's kind of how we talk about it. Or I'm like, or is it better that we say, hey, when we were talking about this, you were saying you were going to work on this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I totally forgot about it. And then the question was, well, was it really that important to you? And I was like, it was when we had the conversation, but I just forgot. And I'm a human being, and I forgot. And then they're like, okay, well, next time put it on your calendar, because we talked about calendars earlier, put it on your calendar and make sure that you do the things you need to do so we're ready for it for next week. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you for the reminder. And then I kind of have like a, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened, but, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's good. Well, I think the big thing is through parenting, just remember that every phase that they're in, we are trying to prepare them for when they do leave the nest. Right. And so if we want our kids to be resilient, like we said, we've got to model it. We've got to hold them accountable and that, you know, it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. And you're not also as a parent, it's you're not always going to succeed. 
which is part of, you know, building your resilient to be a better parent. So don't get down on yourself when you're failing, right. when you're struggling. I mean, that's what we're trying to build in our kids. And that's what we're trying to build in ourselves as well as adults. And we're not always going to get it right. I know I didn't get always get it right. So just all the small things are going to add up and to help our kids be prepared. So do we have any next steps? Yeah, so our next steps is to have prepared, well, to have prepared kids, obviously. But then our first one is going to be reflect on your answers uh, to to our open questions. So we can go through that, through, through those again. But, but the other question is how you respond, like how are you responding, how you bounce back, and how are you parenting that's one to really kind of re be kind of thinking through and reflecting on. Number two is, is once you have answered those, sit down with your spouse or with, you know, your, um, the other parent and talk about how you will begin to implement the practical ways to consistently reinforce res resiliency. And then the last one is just hold each other accountable, which was what we talked about whenever it comes to us and then also with our kids as you model resiliency with your kids. Well, we thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of Parents Plus. And if you enjoyed today's episode or maybe you've missed some of our other podcasts, please subscribe and share this with others. And you can find additional resources on our webpage at gateway.cc backslash Parents Plus. And that is spelled out Parents Plus. God bless you and your family. And you guys have a great week.